Sunday, September the 11th. Welcome to this Burlington Audio Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and inspired in your faith as you listen to this message. We'd love to hear what you think. Please be in touch with us through the website. More information and many more podcasts are all at burlingtonbaptist.org.uk. Thanks for listening. Good morning. I'm going to try very hard to hold it all together, but this comes at the end of quite an emotional week for me. So we've got Coley being baptised in a little while. Izzy this week turned 17 and started college and started driving, and I took her out driving yesterday, and I'm still alive. Just. Um, But there is no more petrol in the car. Uh, And also, little Joel this week started school. Uh, So that's left small tiny Danny wandering around the house looking in every corner for someone to play with before finally settling on me. And I don't blame him. It is oddly quiet. Um, But we'll get used to it, I think, and I'm really looking forward to watching him play and develop. So Danny came to us in quite an unusual way. Uh, Most of you will remember his birth brother, Joel, who we adopted as part of our fostering journey. Um, And that's a decision which has brought us so much joy. And Mark and I were always aware that God has promised us one more, uh, a blood sibling for Joel, that would complete our family. So when we received the call on the 23rd of December, a year and a half ago, to say he was on his way, we had no hesitation. And I remember talking to Izzy, Jonah and Coley on their own to make sure that they were on board. Uh, You'll have all seen how they handle the boys and there was no way I was doing it without them. Um, So thankfully, they all agreed because on the 5th of January, earlier than expected, he arrived in the world. And because of COVID, we weren't allowed to go into the hospital to pick him up. Instead, he was to be dropped on our doorstop. Um, And Mark, who's really used to dealing with Amazon drivers, asked for a tracking delivery number uh, so that he could find out when he was arriving. I was more worried that they'd get the address wrong and some other poor woman would have a nightmare evening. (laughs) Uh, But I can remember us all looking out the windows, waiting for that first glimpse of that precious package. Uh, The process of adopting Danny wasn't easy. Uh, Despite everyone's best attempts, the system is well flawed, and uh, COVID made it painfully slow. And it was only about a month ago in the summer that we finally did the final celebration, and he became Danny Richardson. And we clung to the knowledge throughout that time that he was safely in the right place, and we just trusted God for the rest. So now, thankfully, he is a Richardson, the final piece in our massive family puzzle, the cherry on the cake. And we aren't sure what the future holds, uh, but we're leaning into what we've already learnt, and that is that God loves Joel and Danny even more than we do. And on days like today, when everything looks rosy, we can give him the glory and enjoy the celebration with him. And then on other days, we'll trust him, knowing that we don't walk alone. And Mark and I would like to take this today opportunity to thank you all for your support and encouragement that you all provide. Um, I have a nephew called Shiloh, um, and he uh, wanted to say a few words today about Joel and Danny. He looks after Joel and Danny in a way that 12-year-olds don't always do. 
and he's just got something to say. Like Danny, when I was adopted... Adop- oh, sorry. <laughs> like Danny, I was adopted when I was a baby. Adoption is really special because my parents and Danny's parents chose us, so we know we are loved and wanted. I'm excited that Danny has joined our family and can't imagine life without him and Joel now. When I first joined my family, I was very lucky to also be adopted by my three older cousins, Izzy, Jonah and Nicole. From the very first day I met them, they looked after me and made me feel part of the family. In particular, Coley has been through my side through everything. Even when I have struggled, she has helped me and never given up on me. I am so happy to support her as she gets baptised today. Hi everyone, I'm Coley, I'm 13 and I grew up in a Christian family. I've always sort of known that God was real, but it wasn't until I was around seven that I properly realised what it meant to have God on your side. We were at Spring Harvest, and in the kids' group, I heard God give me a verse from the Bible. At this time, I was being bullied at school, and God gave me the verse, Jonah 2, verse 2, which reads, In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. After this, I knew I wanted a relationship with God, and the day after, I gave my life to him. We went to Spring Harvest again this year, which was an awesome experience, but just before, I started thinking about baptism. I knew I wanted to do it soon, but it seemed to be mainly because both my older siblings had done it in year seven. I was worried that if I didn't, people would think that I didn't have as good of a relationship with God as they did, which I didn't think was true. We went to Spring Harvest, and on the first day, I felt God say that I wasn't quite ready for baptism. I kept this to myself and enjoyed the week. But on the last day, I was reminded of the verse, Jonah 2, verse 2. I remembered that he had been with me during that time, and I thanked him for that. Just then, I felt him say that now I was ready. I chose the song Tremble from DTI because it shows that God is in control. And I want to get baptised as a symbol of my commitment to God and the church. I don't know what God wants me to do in the future, but during DTI, I felt God say that he has a plan and a purpose for me. And I can't wait to find out what it is. Hello, for those of you that don't know me, I'm Elenia, also Lenny. I was brought up in a Christian family going to church at ICC. We became part of the community and built life with our friends, the Redmond. Later on, we moved to Burlington and decided this would be our new home church. I've known of God my whole life and he's helped me throughout, but it's only really been the last year and a half that I've started to connect with him and notice the simple but meaningful things that God does for me daily. I started high school last September. I felt ready for the step, but after a few months of being happy, things at high school changed when I began to be bullied. This made me super conscious of what everyone else thought, and I got into a bad habit of into a bad habit of overthinking things. This led to anxiety and I became in a bad mindset. After a few minutes, after a few months later, things slowed down bullying wise, but I still struggle a lot with my confidence. It was through this time that I began to notice God and how he helped me through connecting with him in worship and meeting with friends like Katie and Dean to ask questions and explore faith. I think hearing their stories and their journey with God really challenged me and what I believe about him. A verse that also helped me was Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, which reads, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. This really helped me to know when I'm anxious or in a tough situation to pray and give my situation and thoughts to God. I still struggle with anxiety and with my confidence, but God helps me deal with this when I talk to him and worship him. I feel his presence and this gives me peace. 
I know worrying about the situation isn't going to change it, but I can trust him even if I don't see anything change around me. When struggling, having a strong Christian family around me really helped, like my cousin Amber and my aunt Melody, who have also been there for me to chat to and about life and God. Through finding my faith, my parents really encouraged me with simple things that helped a lot, like praying with me every night, reading the Bible to me. We always have worship on in every room of the house. It was always in the background, although sometimes I may roll my eyes at it, I actually really enjoy it. It means I'm singing it wherever I go. I know they're there for me to ask questions about faith. Having Christian role models like Liam and Becky and Katie and Dean really made me look back at my life and faith and realise I was basing it off an idea of what it was supposed to be instead of just basing it off my connection with God and own experience. I went to DTI recently with the youth and experienced God's presence in an incredible way and heard and talked to me. I was lost in worship and found so much connection with the preachers. Today I want to get baptised, to start afresh in my relationship with God, to go down with my old self and come up a new creation. I'm ready to commit my life to God and serve him on a journey for the rest of my life. What I wanted to reflect on just for a few moments was the way the Bible tries to describe something. And you know when when you get those moments in life and you're, you're trying to describe something and words don't quite work. Whatever words you put to it, you know that they're inadequate. You know that they don't quite paint the whole picture. Uh, and we talk about a picture painting a thousand words, but there are so many things that, pay, that, that speak to us, don't they? Both pictures and images and feelings and emotions and circumstances. And so they were trying to put into words something that they didn't quite know how to. And so they use different metaphors and different images to try and explain what they saw as the incredible change and transformation that comes into a person's life when they meet Jesus Christ. So some of the language was about light and darkness. It's like you're walking in darkness and you don't realize you're in darkness until suddenly you, 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 you uh, walk in the light. You know those moments when you're at home and it gets darker and darker and darker and you don't realize and then you suddenly turn the light on and you go, goodness, it was really dark, wasn't it? But you only know how dark it was once the lights come on. Uh, so that's one of the ways that they try to describe the change that happens when you come to Jesus. Uh, another metaphor that, that we've seen behind us this morning is, is that of, of death and life. You, you didn't know, but it was like you were walking around half dead and then you came alive again. But the image that I particularly want to leave you with this morning was introduced to us so wonderfully by the Richardson family and by Shiloh in particular. When Paul tried to explain what happens when you come to Jesus, he used the language of adoption. And he used the language of adoption probably for a number of reasons, but I think Shiloh hit the money. One of the things that the gospel writers and the New Testament writers really wanted us to understand is that when we come to Jesus, it's not so much that we've come to him, but that he's come to us. It is the discovery that God has chosen us. That's one of the beautiful things that lies at the heart of any adoption story is the wonderful love that has chosen you. And so when they wanted to try and describe what's happening when people come to Jesus, it's like God himself 
has chosen you. Think about that for a moment, would you? Seven billion people in the world. But God himself personally has chosen you. That's what they were so keen for us to understand. We might think that it's hard uh, to, to accept, to believe that we've been chosen because inside our lives there are all kinds of things that we're glad no one else knows about. That's not just me, is it? Okay, maybe it is. There are things that we know that if you knew that about me, you might not be so sure. But the Bible wants to make it clear that knowing everything about us, knowing our comings and goings, our good side and our awful side, he chose us to become part of his family. Isn't that a wonderful thing? And so this image of going from from orphans to sons and daughters lies absolutely at the heart of what it means to become a Christian. That God has chosen us, the Bible says, not as an afterthought or at the last minute, but it says, before the foundation of the world, knowing you were coming and knowing everything that there is to know about you, God himself has chosen you. And adopted you, is what the Bible says, to become his sons and daughters. We become part of his family, which gives us an absolute anchor for our lives in the here and now. And we know that being part of a family gives an inheritance. And an inheritance that Jesus would say that will never spoil or fade waiting for us in heaven. We have been chosen to be part of his family now and forever. We have been chosen to know God as our father now and forever. And that's what lies at the heart of what it means to discover Jesus for ourselves. And the only difference between that biblical metaphor of adoption and our own uh, experiences and language around adoption is that we have to respond, not as young babies, but as adults, and say, yes, I receive this invitation to be part of your family. I'm fed up of living outside the family. I'm fed up of living as an orphan. I'm fed up of living as if there isn't a father of the universe that can be my own personal father. And today I'm choosing to be all in. Today I'm choosing, the Bible says, to receive the spirit of adoption into our hearts by which we call out daddy to the God of the universe, father to the God of the universe, the father from whom all fatherhood And motherhood takes its meaning. That's our invitation. I'm going to invite you just to be quiet for a moment. And I'm going to invite you to think about uh, your life, your situation, your circumstances. And I'm going to invite you to think maybe for the first time or for the hundred thousandth time. The wonder of what it means for the God of the universe to choose you. To pick you. To say, I want you. 
And to just acknowledge all the buts that rise in our hearts. But you don't know this, and I've done that, and I'm not altogether what people think I am. All the buts that rise in our hearts. God knows all of that stuff. And he still says, I love you. And I want you to be part of my family. In Roman adoption, they paid a lot of money for an adoption. There was a price to be paid. Usually to release people from slavery into sonship. The Bible says we're all slaves to things. We're all not free. We kid ourselves that we're free, but we're not. And Jesus died on the cross. Paid the price for everything that stops you and I being free. And he invites us into his family. And he invites us to call him Father, Daddy. I invite you. I encourage you, deep in your spirit this morning, to say, Daddy, Father, to the God of the universe, who loves you, who's chosen you, who offers you an inheritance that will never spoil or fade. And to acknowledge in the quietness of sons and daughters that he is sovereign over us in all the circumstances of our lives. All the things that we long to be different. All the things that we're waiting for. As sons and daughters, we can put our trust afresh. Put our trust afresh in him. We choose to trust him with our lives. As the band begin to sing, let's use the words to just listen and reflect or stand and sing. Just use these moments to reaffirm our trust in God.